If you really love your work and you love getting to do what you do every day, does that also mean you don't get to have love in your life too? Well, of course not. We're going to talk all about it today on Business Mindset Mastery. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and leadership coach. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And today we're talking about ambition, and we are going to grab it by the horns, and we are going to talk about why it sometimes gets in the way for single folks who are trying to find love in their life. I think it's a messy, complicated, sometimes a little bit of a confusing issue, and it's not necessarily black and white. But oftentimes when people are talking about, you know, someone's interest in work or their overinvestment in work, it's so easy to say you're married to your job, there's no room in your life for me, and things like that. And those attacks that can come out for people who receive them. The you know the ambitious men and women who hear these things often suddenly feel like they're made to defend the life that they live and the work that they do and the fact that work really does have value. And it doesn't mean they're workaholics. It doesn't mean that they don't know how to stop at the end of the day and have a good time. But sometimes the perception of really ambitious, successful people can feel like you're being put on attack. And that's where today's listener finds herself. I'm also, um, in all transparency, a little uh, excited to be doing this episode because it's a former client of mine from back in uh, Massachusetts when I had my brick and mortar private therapy office. Um, she happened to find me and find out about the show and is weighing in with her question. And it's really such a joy for me to see like my old world kind of collide with my new world. I, I think sometimes I had this story that I had to like shut such a firm door on it and have such a firm boundary on what I used to do then versus what I do now. And it's so clear in this question and also in some of the questions that are coming up in the coming days on the show that um, what we do for work and how we live our lives they can't be clearly defined by a wall or a door that they're going to blend. And we have to increase our comfort level with those conversations, with the things that, you know, address emotions head on in our human experience. Some Sometimes you'll hear me do these shows where I call it a being human episode and I just check business at the door. But this is the kind of story and this is the kind of question where business and life are sort of in conflict and they're not able to walk side by side. So we have to dig in deep, figure out what's going on and get everybody to the other side of that. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to dive into the question and I'll find you when I'm done. Heather, I'm so happy to be back in touch with you. I couldn't believe it when I heard you'd close your business, moved to California, and weren't even doing therapy anymore. You really do practice what you preach. Good for you and congratulations. I was so tickled when I was told that you have your own podcast now and that you're fine with taking questions from old clients like myself. Thank you. So here's where I'm at these days, and I'm so glad I get to get your advice one last time. So as you know, my track was different than most of your listeners. They leave their nine to fives to start and run businesses. When I was working with you, you helped me close my business to return to nine to five life because the job opportunity was just that good. I've never looked back. I'm right where I'm meant to be doing good work and my passion for it has not waned a bit. 
Here's the thing, though. I'm still single. None of my relationships ever go anywhere. I see someone for a while, but eventually we part ways, usually before it even becomes an exclusive relationship. This last guy I only saw twice, and admittedly I wasn't that impressed. However, he has been the third guy in the past year who's told me I'm destined to be alone because I can't disconnect from work, that I'm married to my job, or that I haven't made room for someone else because my job already takes up so much space. When you hear it once, you can brush it off. Hear it twice and you pause. Three times has me stopping. I'm fine with being single, Heather. You know that. I'm independent. I have my activities. I have my friends. And yes, work makes up a good portion of my life. I don't believe, though, that it has to curse me forever to being single. You know me pretty well, and you know how I am about my work. What do you think here? What do I need to be doing differently? So good to be back in touch with you, and I really do wish you all the best. Okay, so this is a really juicy question. I, I'm really glad that, you know, you found me again and you took a stab at this and, and sent this question to the show because I think that there are a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs, and a lot of people who are just climbing the ladder with ambition at their work who can relate to this, who feel like their love and their passion for their work becomes like a weapon people can use against you in your day life, that you're either doing it wrong. You're not supposed to love your work this much. You're not supposed to look forward to how you spent, you know, 70% of your waking hours that if it doesn't suck, you know, like you're probably doing it wrong. And it's easy, I think, for people like yourself who are ambitious and strong and independent to feel as though that's looked down upon. But one of the things that I, I think that a lot of ambitions, a, a lot of ambitious people struggle with is that for them, the way they move through the world, the targeted work ethic, their, their sort of, you know, fastidious nature to detail, the, you know, idea that you're going to be a goal setter, that you're going to work towards a mile marker. Some of that is simply unfamiliar to people that drive that, you know, desire to be best. People don't resonate with it. And so sometimes when they're connecting with you and they don't feel a spark and they don't feel a romantic connection, they go, well, maybe it's because there's no room for a romantic connection because of her work. And I think that, you know, sometimes people make that attack because in all honesty, they just don't see room for where they fit in your life or they see that you've got it and you're so independent. So what do you possibly need them for? But I think sometimes that you're too into your work thing is, you know, an accusation because that people want to use instead of putting up a mirror then it's so much easier to say, hey, you, you're doing it wrong because you're going after something. You have something in your life that you care about so passionately, so deeply. I don't. And I think sometimes when people see that, they see it as that mirror, that reflection of themselves, and that can be uncomfortable. Looking at themselves in the mirror, acknowledging that they don't particularly have any deep passions or something that they care about that much can make them question themselves. But also, too, independence sometimes and ambition, like we have to be honest and say it's intimidating to some people. They don't know how to understand it. 
they honestly don't know if there's ever going to be a time when there can be reciprocity in a relationship where you're going to be able to need them and lean on them as much as they want to be able to, you know, rely on you and lean on you. So, you know, that's how this dynamic gets started. But so often where I see the really ambitious people, you know, sort of fail is they sit in defensiveness. They sit and they wall up and they say, well, this is just the way I am. You know, I was this way before you met me. This is what I do. This is how I move through the world. If it doesn't compliment you, that's fine. You know, we don't have to make this work. Um, how do I know that those are pretty much the exact words that somebody who is ambitious might say? Because those are the words I used with my husband when we were dating. Because I was climbing a ladder in residential. I was working really hard in the mental health system to become a program director and a supervisor and a manager. And he wasn't working that hard because at the time he wasn't doing work that he particularly loved. He was um, an engineer um, and he wanted to go to medical school someday and he is now a doctor and he followed that path. But when he met, like work was like a place he punched in a clock. And meanwhile, I came home and I was talking about these skills I was trying to learn. I was trying about, you know, talking about all these new interventions and, you know, how I was working extra time and all of this. And it lit me up and it was really exciting for me. But he didn't see room for himself in my life. He didn't see that I was willing to take a day off for him. He didn't see that I was willing to be as passionate about him and our relationship as I was about my work. And initially, that conversation did not at all sound like a conversation. We fought about it because, again, I was misindependent. I had this figured out. I had been good and single for a long ass time before he came around. I was perfectly fine with remaining single. But it wasn't until we kind of slowed it down and I was like, okay, obviously we like one another. Obviously we care about one another. We're still having this conversation. We're still in this conflict. So clearly there's something that we're both invested in. Can we talk about that? And I think sometimes that's where you have to move the conversation. So the first thing is, is that I want to point out to you a really important key component of what I just said is that I was invested too. I had met somebody who I was willing to do the work for. And I think that when you say to me that you have, you know, it's been several years at this point since you and I have worked together. I I don't know off the top of my head, but I know I closed that business down in 2015. And I don't think I'd seen you in like two years since before I closed that business. So we're at the very least going back to 2013. So we are talking about five years of being single and not really having, you know, extensive relationships or connections or long lasting anything. That's the way I read your letter. If I have it wrong, certainly, you know, I apologize. So one of the things that I would start to wonder and be curious about is that like the attack or the criticism or the feedback you're getting is about your work. But what I wonder, the shrink in the, you know, the shrink in the room is wondering like, how open are you presenting yourself to people? How, um, how much of yourself outside of work are you sharing with these men that you're meeting and dating and connecting with? And where are you finding these people to date? Are they, you know, like, are you meeting 
people in a way that feels authentic and genuine to the woman you are today? Are you, you know, in your, in your interactions with people, are you seeking out people who also aspire for goals and also have things that they're working on? Are you looking for people who you have things in common with? Are you pursuing and saying yes to dates to people you're genuinely interested in? Or are you just saying yes because they've asked? Because I think a lot of times what happens with folks who are ambitious and independent is they put their head down, they put their nose to the grindstone, they just sort of do what they do as they've been doing it. So then if somebody comes along and asks them for a date, they say yes because they've been asked rather than is this somebody I actually want to go out on a date with and if I were to be in the driver's seat of my dating life and the way that I'm a drive in the driver's seat of my business is this somebody who I might ask out because I think what happens to folks who are just fine with their work is that they don't particularly you know miss being in a relationship sometimes they'll be lonely Sometimes they want their other half, but they're not so fastidious as to go after it, to make it a goal that they're going to meet their significant other by the end of the year, that they're going to find their person. So often it's, if I meet somebody, great, but if not, you know, at least I have my work, at least I have my friends. It's like this aside thing. So obviously like where I want to go with this for you is do you want to be in a relationship are you finding that when you look at the way you're living your life is something missing are you experiencing loneliness are you experiencing disconnection are you finding that like there's just you know this part of you that wants to move through the world with a partner with someone else and who do you want to meet and what are the steps you've been taking to meet someone like that because what ends up happening is if you were not driving that situation if you were not opening the door and being open to who finds you you are constantly going to be in this place of reacting to the people who find you and what happens in that is that so if you're like head down and working you're walled off you're like you're guarded up you're not paying attention you're you know it's just nose to the grindstone you're you're pounding it out right well to the outside guy to the nice guy guy who's single and looking and ready to mingle like all of that like they might just see your wall they might just see unavailable not interested not the right time you know something that says you know close (laughs) see you some other time what ends up happening in these situations when you move through the world as closed and by the way like this is really good dating advice I don't get to give dating advice on this show very much so you single folks better be listening the f up because this is getting good So like what happens when you are not in the driver's seat, when you're just doing as you do, living your life, like you are walled up and you're not open and looking. The nice guy, the good guy or the nice woman, the good woman is going to see those walls and say, you're closed. Like you are unavailable to me. You are not interested. Now's not the right time, bad day, whatever it is. The only people who look at that wall and say, 
I'm going to nap, you know, I'm going to knock on that. I'm going to try to tap that. I'm going to see where I can get are the schmucks, the, <laughs> the people who are boundaryless, the people who don't care about you and don't care about respecting you. Because the only people who try to knock down walls are disrespectful people, the good guys, the good girls, the good women. I'm getting so fired up right now. Like they're going to knock on the door and they're going to politely ask. And if your head is down, they're just going to keep walking because they're nice freaking guys guys and they're not going to try to like you know pass through a boundary a wall or a door that isn't open to them so if you want to meet people who are a different quality who see your passion for work as something that like ignites them and lights them up and gets super excited like you have to go freaking looking you have to get in the driver's seat of your dating life just like you've gotten in the driver's seat of your business and you have to say that kind of guy i want a guy who i want a woman who and you have to go looking. And when you make eye contact with somebody, when someone asks, when someone shows up, you say yes. But you don't wait for them to show up. You're the boss of your freaking life when it comes professionally. You have to be the boss of your personal life too. And you have to be willing to ask somebody else to say, hey, I really enjoyed that conversation. Or hey, I saw you online or whatever it is. I'm wondering if you would like to be taking this conversation further that so often like when we are in the waiting game of waiting to see who knocks waiting to see who comes waiting to like you know to say yes or to swipe left or right or whatever the stupid things are you all are doing these days like you're just passive and if you want something more in your life you have to participate and you don't get to just sit and wait around for somebody to say hey I think she's cute and you know maybe she's available I'm just gonna ask you have to go looking and you have to recognize that if you were walled off and guarded up the nice guys the nice girls are never gonna find you because they're nice and so you're only gonna find the people who attack you you're only gonna find those insecure souls who are threatened by your success, who are threatened by what you want to accomplish, or who are so narcissistic and egotistical that they need the world sort of centered around them and they can't share your time and attention. They need to be the sole focus of your life and those people are toxic. If you have five years of singlehood, then my guess is like my friend here, like, and you, you know me, like this isn't, I'm so glad that I could do this with you because you know me well and yeah I don't have to worry that you're going to take offense to this but like you have to you have to go and do it like you have to make the choice for your life the same way you did for your business and you have to recognize that yes the way you've been moving through the world is working out just fine for you that if you want to pull an extra shift if you want to work a couple hours on a Saturday if you want to say yes to this conference or that event you absolutely get to but when you are in a relationship it is going to require compromise because hopefully, God willing, the person coming into your life has his own interests and his own passions and his own hobbies. And together, the two of you are going to have to chart what your mutual priorities are as a couple. How to do that is a whole nother podcast episode. But like, you can't like just expect to live your life the way it is and for someone else's life to sort of bend itself around you because they have things that they care about too. And 
and a, a really good partnership is this is what's valuable to me. What is valuable to you? This is what I need. What do you need? And that's a conversation that happens over time. And it's easier to have with somebody who sort of ticked a couple of your boxes, who's, you know, engaged in something that they care about, who has interests beyond the regular everyday themselves, et cetera, et cetera. But you will find those people if you get in the driver's seat, if you figure out what is the way that's most comfortable for me to connect with others, what do I need to do differently? What is it that I actually need in my life? What's missing? What am I looking for? And what what am I willing to do to go and get it? Because so long as you just sit there and wait for the people to find you, you are going to find the people who are disrespectful, who push past boundaries, who attack you for what is the best thing about you. And what you want is the person who's attracted to the best thing about you and wants you to be better. That's, you know, on some level, that's how my husband and I made it. Is that like, yes, we fought like, cats and dogs at the beginning because I had all this fashion and he was sitting on go waiting. Um, I think I've shared the story online, but he worked as an engineer. He always knew he wanted to be a doctor, but he didn't have the sort of finances in, in line when he was a kid. So he decided to pick a profession that would make him a shit ton of money. So then he could save the money and become a doctor. So when I met him, he was just still in the like saving the shit ton of money, paying off student loans from his first career choice before he could, you know, pony up for med school. So he saw me going after everything that I wanted and I was giving all my time to this and he was just you know he was sitting on go he was waiting um once we got like sort of connected on the idea that we both had things we cared about then it was like okay how do we do this like okay right now like you're just in the saving money phase and then I was able to work with him and talk to him and say like hey you need to be working on your thing like this isn't just money like you could become an EMT you could train and and he took EMT class and all of that. And that, that was before he was injured and whatever. But that's a whole nother tangent. But you know, that's, you know, where where you want to go is that when you meet somebody, you want to be willing to have those hard conversations. But those hard conversations only happen with the people you're willing to have them with. And I think sometimes those people who come and they knock on your doors and they pass pound, you know, they pound past your boundaries, you feel like it, the nice thing to do is to have the conversation. No, they haven't earned that conversation. You get to say thank you next, you get to pass them along and and really focus your time and attention on the people that you meet and the people that you encounter that you absolutely want to say yes please to one more time please let's see where this can go and and really you know put your time and effort there um i I love that you wrote into the show and I love that like it was somebody who I already feel so comfortable with so I could just be even more myself. Um, I could almost picture us um, back in my whole old office going at it except you didn't get to talk back. So um, you might not be so familiar with this show that you know that I invite people all the time to, um, you know, to, to sort of write back and, you know, tell us what happens next. And luckily, um, we had a couple of people uh, last week or so uh, who took me up on the offer. So we got some catch up episodes, but I would love another one. So tell me what you think. Give me your best shot. You know, I can handle it. It's so, so good to catch up with you. And I, I hope this was good listening for all the other um, ambitious single folk out there. Like you are not an anomaly. You are not some, you know, destined to be on some island by 
by yourself or, you know, the perennial third or fifth wheel. Like you have a place in this world. You can find your person too. And hopefully I gave you some direction today on how to do that. Thank you so much, everybody, for today. Um, I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.